morning. This is a bit of a rant. So, if I'm completely truthful, my book hasn't done particularly well in the UK or in the West. The distribution has been limited to the West, that's one problem, because I was self-published. And that meant that, logistically speaking, it was very difficult to get it out into more traditional Muslim countries like Pakistan, India, the Middle East, these kind of places. Just the unit economics of the whole thing make it very difficult to republish out there at a price point that would work for everybody else. And then there's the the issues of piracy and things like that, which I'll come to in a bit. But having said all of that, the greatest demand for my book is coming from those places, places like Pakistan, Saudi Arabia, Dubai, these kind of places. When I speak to people in these places who keep begging me to get my book there and keep asking me why it's not there and I keep having to tell them it's, you know, logistical and economic issues, the biggest difference between Muslims out in the East in the traditional Muslim countries, as compared to the West, is that they're actually hungry for this kind of a book because it has a very spiritual approach to it. Like my, my whole approach to talking about entrepreneurship and talking about you know, self-reliance, self-discovery, getting away from jobs and slavery and these kind of things, it's all from a spiritual perspective. And for one reason or another, that is not as appreciated in the West a funny thing that I can tell you is, from what I've been told, my book became a bestseller in its particular category at a book fair in Bangladesh, of all places, and has been very well received, is very well respected. It's had a lot of demand in places like Pakistan as well. And people are hungry for that. But in the West, here in the UK, for example, my book's been featured at book fairs. It's barely been picked up. It's barely been looked at. I think it only really resonates with a very certain type of person. The demand for the kind of knowledge and the kind of Islamic learning that people want in this country is very different to what my what my book caters for. And really, the audience just isn't there in the West. It's not that the content isn't valuable. It's not that the content isn't useful. Here, especially in the UK, the audience just doesn't exist to consume that kind of content. Now, I'm not the only person that seems to be having this issue. A doctor that I met recently that, you know, has been doing really well in Australia. She's had a lot of demand there in Australia for her work in terms of alternative medicine, in terms of Islamic and Chinese medicine. She's actually very publicly said, even on, on her social media and her platforms, that she gets a lot of demand in places like Australia from the Muslims in Australia. They treat her very well. They give her a lot of respect. They, they're non-judgmental. They're just very affable. They're just very easy to get on with. No drama, no, no nothing. But here in the UK, when she's practicing here in the UK, she's constantly asked for discounts. She constantly is subject to drama. People say hateful things to her. They criticize her work. They complain. She finds it very hard to convince them of the work that she's doing. They have little faith in her work. And there's very, very, as a ratio, is a very small percentage of people that take her seriously and don't give her any trouble. It's a winning relationship between her and consumer. So I'm not the only person that's suffering from this. There are other people and there are other people in other industries. And it just seems to be largely a theme. I don't know why, as British Muslims, we seem to be cold, distant, judgmental, closed-minded, narrow-minded, but we seem to talk the talk a lot. 
we seem to have remembered that we must forbid the evil and command the good. So we remember that bit. So we go around telling everybody else what they should and shouldn't do. But we seem to forget about ourselves, about what we should and shouldn't be doing. And the emphasis, I think, seems to be so much more on the outward, the aesthetic, the hijab, the beard, you know, the payment of charity and those kind of things. But there seems to be the very little emphasis on the spiritual aspect, the inward stuff, the character. When I talk about character, I'm not talking about just being polite and having good manners. That should be a standard thing anyway. And in fact, the British are well known for good manners. But those of us that have come from abroad, we're very well aware that just because somebody's outwardly very polite to you, right, what I call latent racism, it doesn't mean that they don't have any resentment or any hatred towards you internally. It's just because they are mindful of what's going on around them in society but it's not that that resentment isn't there and it comes out you see that when you're applying for jobs or when you're interacting with a neighbor especially those of us that grew up in the 80s and the 90s we've experienced the latent racism as i call it as because it's not racism straight to your face it kind of manifests later it comes out later but we ourselves as british muslims have these issues as well as we can be outwardly very polite we can be very outwardly very religious you know aesthetically we can have the beards and we can have the hijabs and we can have the abayas and we can have all of those things but then where you know we, we have men amongst us who are doing that but then they're going and getting second and third wives without telling the first and they're not realizing the issue how it's breaking the heart of the first woman there's no discussion about it there's outright misogyny there's working in in institutions which Allah has forbidden and I'm not just talking about pubs and casinos, but I'm talking about working in banks. You know, the verses in the Qur'an, there's only one set of verses in the Qur'an that actually speak about Allah going to war with us, and that is over riba. And yet the majority of Muslims, especially Pakistani Muslims, that are in London, that are in well-paid jobs, are in, in the financial industry, in the very industry that Allah despises. But it's all masked, it's all covered up. You know, it's all covered up with, well, at least I'm going to the Palestinian protest. At least I'm giving money in charity. At least I have a beard. At least I am eating dates, medjool dates. And at least I'm going to Tarawiya. You know, it's those kind of things. There's a lot of emphasis on the outward. We seem to lack substance inwardly. I've personally noticed that we don't have a lot of courage inwardly. We don't, we're, we're not very spiritual at all. We're actually, we're actually quite nihilistic if you think about it. We're very mechanical about everything. We actually have very poor diets. It's a running joke in the UK, especially amongst us friends when we used to go to mosques and there would be some quote-unquote scholar that would come and preach and have things to say to us, but we would always kind of joke and snigger at each other and say, well, I wonder if this guy's going to be fat, who's going to come from behind the curtain? And I, yes, I am fat-shaming, actually. I'm not hiding behind it because there is a people that are giving us instruction of how we should be behaving, but they don't understand about the hadith, about abusing your own stomach, or about you know the lust and the greed. These are things that we're supposed to understand. But the spirit of things, as I say, seems to be, to be missing. We seem to have mastered the rituals, we seem to have mastered the mechanics, but the spirit seems to be missing. And I think that's why my book hasn't done particularly well, because it, the book speaks to the spiritual side of things. I think this is why this, this doctor is, is struggling with UK Muslims, because you have to have a certain spiritual understanding, you have to have a certain spiritual aspiration to be able to appreciate the work that she's doing. Without that, you're going to really struggle. And I think we, we're actually very much affected by groupthink. 
we're very easily manipulated as a group. We're very, very reactionary. As soon as something happens, we don't see the grand scheme of what's going on with that. It can be anything. It can be if something kicks off in Gaza, if there's some controversy about some celebrity or some scholar, or if there's some new regulation that's come in, whatever it is, we tend not to look at the bigger picture. We're actually very easily manipulated as a group. And unfortunately, and these are the words of other people, I tend not to use these words, but these are words that have been said to me just in the last few days, that we're actually just sheeple, we're sheep. Uh, we're very easily herded. We're very, we, we actually really struggle to think for ourselves. You know, as soon as a new trend comes out, and I've spoken about this before, we can resist, 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 resist something, whether it's, you know, in the 80s and the 90s, going on holiday or growing beards or, or anything, whatever it is. But then as soon as some big celebrity starts doing it or somebody who has a big following on social media, as soon as they start doing it, then we have all the rationalizations and we want to do it as well. We're very easily led we're very easily manipulated. And for some reason, this seems to be more apparent in Britain. I don't know why. It seems to be very specific to us British Muslims. And I'm not the only person that's speaking about it. I'm the only person that's speaking about it on camera, so to speak, or, you know, publicly. And I think because a lot of people fear backlash as well. So they don't necessarily speak about it that publicly. But there are a lot of people that are thinking this or speaking about this behind closed doors, but they're not saying this publicly, but it's happening. And I don't know why. I don't know why in Australia they're more willing to take up alternative medicine, why they're more appreciative of it, why there are people in Pakistan that understand the problem with the riba. There's more of a movement against riba in Pakistan than there is in Britain. We're supposed to be more educated in Britain. We're supposed to be more civilized. But the very, very dangerous effects of riba, the true danger of it to society and to our iman and you know, to our akhirah, they seem to understand that better in Pakistan than we do here in the West, in, in Britain. We seem to justify getting jobs at banks and in insurance and being mortgage advisors, mortgage brokers, and, and actually it gets celebrated by the other families around us. You know, some guy who's a mortgage broker and he's driving a nice car and he's got a nice house and he comes home in a suit every day. You know, that is celebrated more here in the UK than maybe abroad. Like maybe abroad that would be kind of be frowned upon a little bit because you're dealing with riba. But here we don't seem to have any objection to it. We have a lot of objection to, to getting a job in pub or in a brothel. But arguably, it's not even arguably, factually, actually getting a job in the bank is worse because Allah has told us in the Quran. He's told us that the biggest sin after shirk is riba. Not that I'm justifying that we should be getting jobs in casinos or we should be working in brothels or in pubs or anything. But the point that I'm making is there's no, there doesn't seem to be any objection to, to people working in the banks. And there's many of us. But but I don't know why this is specific to the UK. There seem to be other things as well that just happen to be specific to the UK. I have a friend that I've known for the last few years. He's become a very good friend. I don't get to see him very often, but, but we have a very good understanding with each other. We have a very good appreciation of each other. And I remember the first time that I met him. He was an immigrant and he was, he was a revert as well. And he'd come newly from France into the UK. And he said it was the most difficult time for him because there was no sense of community, though there's so many Muslims, especially in a place like London. When it's been 10 years, then a majority of people who identify as Muslim tell you that no matter what you do, what you say, you don't belong. What can you do? And I never got this in any other country. France, Poland, the US, Turkey, even India or Pakistan. 
I never got this anywhere else but in England. And I've experienced this myself as well. I, I lived in London for seven years and, and there was a lot of talk about community, but there was no real sense of it. I never felt I had anybody that I could really rely on if push ever came to shove. Even for, for basic things, if I needed a lift somewhere, if I had to take my wife to the hospital or if my car broke down or, you know, whatever happened or if I was in bad health and I was, you know, stuck in bed or whatever, when it really mattered, I never really found that, that generally people, I never really found them to step up. Whereas actually up north, that's a little bit better. There's no real sense of community. There's no real sense of somebody asking somebody else, how are you doing today? And, and really having concern for the other, a genuine concern, which we're supposed to be doing as part of Islam, and this part of the spiritual aspect of things. It really seems to be missing. that there's, there's a lot of people, but there's no real community spirit. And that seems to be something that's very specific to the UK as well. There's more sense of community in places like Australia, in Pakistan. People check up on their neighbors. In places like Pakistan, as even in places like, you know, in places like Saudi, there is there's more respect for women, despite all of the you know the the rules that there have been that people complain about things like women not being able to thrive and these kind of things. There's more of an appreciation of women in these countries than there is here in the West. Women are actually treated a lot more like objects in the West than they are in these countries, even though they get criticised. And I'm not saying they're not without issue. Of course they are. But for some reason, these issues all seem to be very present in the UK. I don't know if it's the cold weather that makes us all very cold towards each other. I don't know if it's because we had, there was a lot of money that was pumped into this country that came, colonialist sources, a lot of mosques that were set up in this country, and a lot of the, the Islamic teachings that came to this country, they, they actually had, that was funding those texts that was designed to actually you know, break people away from, from, from their fitra and break people away from their spirit. And it was designed to actually make what they learn very, very mechanical, quite nihilistic, basically. So maybe it's that, or, or maybe it's just because we had such a great need to survive when we got here that we didn't have anything else to think about. I do find that in other countries, especially like in the Middle East, because they're not immigrants necessarily in those countries, they, they've not had to kind of go through the trauma and the torture that a lot of people had to go through to get to the UK and to survive in the UK. The racism that we've had to put up with, feeling like the other, these kind of things. So it could be that. I generally find like the immigrants, a lot of the immigrants have gone to places like Australia. They've not gone there to survive necessarily, but they've gone there to thrive. As in, it's a second or third generation. So they're going in there with a different mindset and maybe with, with eyes are a bit more open. But there's also different ethnicities that have gone to those kind of countries. We are mostly, majority of uh, the Muslims are from the Indian subcontinent here in the UK and maybe there's a huge amount of cultural baggage that's also affecting things. But it's a problem. It's, it's a big problem. There is, there's no real bonding that's taking place between men Muslim men in the UK, and I will speak about that separately at some point as well. There's no real spiritual appreciation of things or looking at things and going back to the inward. It, it maybe is starting to start as a movement right now. There's maybe a little flicker of it, but it's, uh, it's an issue. We really have problems. Granted, there are problems of their own in other countries. You'd be surprised to learn that, you know, some company just came along and it reprinted my book in the Bengali language without my consent, without my knowledge, and went and published that in Bangladesh. And I haven't seen a penny of that money. And so, you know, places like Bangladesh, they have problems of their own. They've got corruption. 
we have corruption here in the UK. It's just not as it's just not as, as apparent. It's more out in the open in a place like you know in places like Pakistan and Bangladesh. But it's not that it's not taking place over here. It's just better math. But I don't know what it is. I don't know why we are devoid of the spiritual aspect of things. Why we are so much in our heads. Why our hearts are not as alive. Why we don't have that community spirit. I think some of the things that I've mentioned definitely contribute but i don't know what ultimately has has done this to us i really don't and i wish i knew i wish i knew if you have any questions about the content or the subject matter the things that i've discussed in this video then please sign up to my discord the link is in the description below it's a small app that you can use very similar to how chat groups used to work before you can be anywhere in the world and sign up for it. All you have to do is, is sign up via Patreon, which will then give you access to the Discord app. It is a like-minded community of other people that are talking about the same things, but we can just speak openly to each other. You might have some questions of your own, or you might have some insight of your own. Come and talk to me, come and talk to others. We can share ideas with each other and we, and we can grow as a community.